Welcome back to the Wake Up Bright podcast. I'm April Lauren, and I am so excited to have our guest, Carla, who has lost 180 pounds. She's going to share her story, how she came to understand why she got the size that she did, and how she overcame her weight. And by showing up for herself with compassion and kindness and doing the work. Welcome, Carla. I am so excited to have you on my podcast. How are you doing today? I am so good, April. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted. I'm so, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background, about your story? Sure. So, hi, my name is Carla. I'm also known as Half of Carla online on social media because I lost over half uh, my original body weight. So, for you guys in the States who are watching, uh, I lost 183 pounds. Um, for those of you in the UK and Ireland, that's 13 stone. And for those of you in Europe, it's about 81 kg. So, I feel like I have to go through all of the different measuring systems for everybody so that they can get what it is. I was literally sitting at a table the other day at Thanksgiving table and I had to tell different people. There was French people, Brazilian people, Irish people and Americans and I had to tell each of them the different methodology what I weigh what my weight loss was. So I'm used to saying it now. But I had been overweight my entire entire life. So I never had any kind of before photographs, you know, or nothing that I ever wanted to get back to. I was always the overweight friend, the biggest girl in school, like in the entire school. Um, I hated gym class because it was just a, a vehicle for shame for me because I was never able to keep up with anybody or to, you know, physically able to do any of the things. Um, I had have been very lucky to have been made of honor three times and each time I've had to get a different dress from the other bridesmaids, um, you know, something special made. I had to have my dance uniform special made when I was a child. And I have always wanted to lose weight. I really wanted to be body positive and to celebrate myself at every stage in my life. But I just never felt comfortable in who I was. I never felt okay in my body. And I had tried to lose weight every Monday morning since the age of seven. My earliest memory for me of, of being aware that I had some kind of disordered eating was from five. So I was five years old when I uh, realized that I was hiding food. Um, and I was about seven years old when I started to go to diet clubs and things like that or become aware of the of calorie counting and become aware of the difference in me towards everybody else and as I grew into my teenage years that developed into bulimia and binge eating disorder and then into full-blown well I think overall my whole life I had full-blown food addiction and at the age of about 23, I was, have been trying to lose weight, as I was saying. Like, I had a couple of successful, you know, semi successful uh, weight loss journeys. So I had lost about 90 pounds once doing the original Atkins when I was 18. But as soon as I finished and started eating bread again, I just piled it all back on and back on and back on. Um, I then had a couple of successful 
trips down a weight loss journey, like losing 30 pounds, losing 40 pounds, never able to keep it off. And every time I, you know, stopped losing weight or I quit, I would end up putting more weight back on again. Um, When I was about 23 years old, 22, 23, I felt like I hit rock bottom. Uh, I felt that I had celiac disease. And I was like, this is the reason why I'm overweight is because I am celiac. There has to be, this is, this has to be the reason why. And I went to my, my GP or my general practitioner in Ireland, who is an incredible man and like a family doctor. And I went to go have my celiac test. So I went and went to, and I sat down and I was like, right, I, I'm here because I, and I literally like word vomited at him. I need help. Like I literally was like, oh my God, I need help. There's something wrong there. I am not okay. There is something wrong with me and it's not celiac disease. It's not, I was like, I can't stop eating. And he told me then words that stuck with me my whole, for the rest of my life and through the last 15 years. And he said to me, when you fix the head, the weight will fall off. And I was like, the, the head, what's the head got to do with like, what is he talking about? Obviously, this is some kind of chemical thing or, you know, something in my body that's, you know, doing this to me. Um, this is nothing to do with my head. Like this crazy man, but OK, you know, and he diagnosed me there and then with um, binge eating disorder and with uh, general food addiction. Well, with some kind of disordered eating from a very, very young age. and. I started to seek um, therapy for binge eating disorder. Um, I saw therapists for about two to three years and I overcame my binge eating disorder and I, I haven't binged since then. However, I still never managed to lose weight. I never, at this point, I was, you know, in around 300 pounds and I just never managed to get to the point of losing weight again I tried twice managed to lose a little bit you know like a little bit 40 30 40 pounds you know but like 30 40 pounds when you've got 200 to lose you know is not really making that much of a difference and I would just put it back on again and I couldn't figure out what was wrong what was going on and so I Fast forward, I met my my now partner, Vincent. Uh, we were buying a house together and we decided to save money. The Irish housing market is crazy and stupidly expensive. And like, it's this massive race to buy a house and it's all just very stressful. So in order to save the last little bit, we decided to move in with my mom uh, for six months while we bought our house and the sale went through. So we weren't paying like 2,000 euro on rent. and we we didn't have any money at the time so we decided to start to kind of you know like do things and she lived about an hour outside of Dublin so we were working in Dublin and we were like you know commuting every day and the commute was we were sitting in traffic for like two hours a night so we were like this is ridiculous why don't we go somewhere we can go to a coffee shop or something like that wait out the traffic and then we'll go home back to hers afterwards and at the time I was working in communications and I had heard about this book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it's a book about just uncovering your creativity. And I was really stuck in my job with any kind of creative ideas. And in the book, she suggested to do this thing called Morning Pages. 
And the morning pages was where you write three pages, just like write and see what happens. Uh, there's no judgment, there's nothing. And so we would go then basically in the evening, finish work and we'd go to a coffee shop and we would write the morning pages. Now, of course, it was in the evening, so it's not technically morning, but it doesn't make it that much difference. And after a while, I felt things start to stir in me. This is the first time in my entire life where I was unedited and I allowed myself to be unedited. And it's the first time in my life I ever got a slight glimpse something different was inside of me but there was somebody something else happening in there and I kind of felt like oh I don't I'm not sure I like this what's happening here you know it was very uncomfortable it was very different it was very new all these kind of feelings that were coming up inside me and one day Vincent and I were driving down this very long motorway from where my mom lived back into Dublin and I felt like I got hit by a bus it was like this crazy feeling Vincent was just talking beside me and I just realized everything I've ever thought about myself is a lie. Everything I know or that voice in my head isn't me. That voice is just cues that I picked up from around the world, you know, from just being, from existing, from being in a bigger body. It's from being a child, you know, from society, from magazines, from TV, from, you know, people I know passing comments on other people that look like me. And I've internalized all these voices. And it's basically this narrative that's going on in my head. And it keeps going, keeps going. And so I, I just realized at that point, I was like, I have no idea who I am. I have absolutely no idea who I am, what I like, what I want, no clue. And Thus began the most transformative journey that I have ever been on. That moment was filled with so much pain, but I'm so grateful for that moment because it changed everything for me. I literally cried for like three or four weeks after that. I just couldn't figure it out. And I figured the one thing I knew that I needed to do was I needed to go back and see my GP and get advice from him and see, probably seek therapy again. And I went back to the same GP who told me at that point, 10 years prior, that when you fix the head, the weight will just fall off. And he said to me, you just had your Damascus moment. Uh, he's a Muslim. Um, so for Christians, that would be, you just had your come to Jesus moment. You've had that moment where the veil has lifted and you've gone, oh my gosh, this is this is the reality. This is the truth of who I am. And he suggested that I went back to therapy as well. And I sought a therapist. Uh, and it's very, very, very difficult to get therapy. I'm not sure what it's like in the States, but in Ireland, to get public therapy, it's you know paid for by the government. It's incredibly difficult. It's a three-year waiting list to get private even. They're so booked up. And even if like anybody's ever been to a therapist, you know, finding the right therapist is also very complicated and very difficult because it's literally a relationship. You have to be comfortable with a person. And after some failed attempts over four months, I finally found this woman. And she does a type of therapy called um, sensory motor psychotherapy. And it's basically that your body holds on to things that you forget in your life. And it's untapping that from your body. And I began that journey 
that therapeutic journey, my second one in October, 31st of October, 2019. And I started to unravel some pretty hefty stuff. And I had a realization again, many, many. But I realized at that point that I had been using food to escape the feelings that I that was going on in my body and to escape that constant voice that I realized wasn't my own. But that voice, I needed to escape it because it was so insidious and so constant that I needed to numb out or seek comfort. And the way that I knew to seek comfort was through food. And so I had to undo that trauma response and I had to undo that trauma and work through that trauma and I realized that I could do this there was there was something in me that went okay I understand now that I'm responsible for this I am the person who did this while there is trauma and there is background you know there are people to blame this is my reaction to that this is I have done this to myself as a reaction not out of shame I'm not shaming my former self I all I want to do is hug her and love her and tell her it's going to be okay but realize that I can undo this uh, I can undo these habits that I have I can work through it with the help of my therapist and with the help of my partner and my sister and, and support that I I can do this I can unravel this and I can start to take this barrier that I've built between myself and the world down one brick at a time start to take it off and start to live let the light inside me out and so I decided to start a program called Body Trims uh, which is one that my sister did my sister lost 92 pounds before me and she was just finishing her weight loss journey when I started and she I kind of tried to encourage me a little bit very gently uh, to join Body Sims, but I was not ready. I was not in the right headspace and not in the right place to start it. And I finally felt like, I was like, oh. actually, I thought it was a cult at the start. I was like, I'm not going to join this thing. You know, what are you talking about? Like, you know, she doesn't know anything. She'll put it back on. I was all full of arrogance, you know, and I was like, she doesn't know anything. And I, I was like, okay, what's this Body Sims thing? Like, you know, I was like, well, what's this? Like? So. In January 2020, I started uh, with Body Slims. And the difference between Body Slims and any other program that I've ever done in the past, and I've done them all, believe me, is that it focuses a lot on, you know, you've got your diet and your exercise, which are extremely important. But the main part and the bit that if you don't have, will unbalance you is your mental health or your mental strength. And realizing why we reach for food and why we go towards food and why food is our response uh, to not feeling great or our habit is to eat extra food or any of that kind of thing. So each week in Body Sense, you do a seminar. And when I was watching the seminars, I realized it was mirroring a lot of the stuff that I was learning and unraveling myself in therapy. And I was like, okay, I think this is, I think this might be the real deal. And it goes in 10 week cycles. And there's three a year. And at the end of my first 10-week cycle, I'd lost 42 pounds. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I I can do this. And 13 months later, uh, 14 months later, 13 and a half months later, I lost 183 pounds. Um, and I changed every single iota of myself from being a very 
offensive, uh, very standoffish, kind of bitchiest person to being incredibly open and welcoming and happy and outgoing and caring and compassionate person from being the unfittest person in class, in school, in a gym, anywhere to now being one of the fittest to being a UK or a US size 2022. I'm now a US size 46. And I did it with sheer perseverance, but also by working on my mental health and discovering that this is an act of love. This is not a punishment. I don't need to punish my body. I need to love it. I need to care for it. I need to do things for it that are going to help it along its way and to help it be the best that it can be to carry me through this world. And yeah, 14 months later, I I successfully reached my goal weight um, of 147 pounds. And I, or I was kind of in between, I kept going. Then I got to 141 was my, uh, my end weight. <laughs> and one month later, I got pregnant. Um, so I had been told at the start of my weight loss journey that there was a possibility I was in early menopause and I would not be able to have or conceive children naturally. And we thought about doing tests and doing IVF and things like that. And we kind of started along that route. Uh, but then we, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to leave it up to fate for a while and see what happens. And very, very quickly after starting to try, I became pregnant. Nine months later, I had my beautiful baby boy, Brock. I have a low risk pregnancy, midwife led, just a wonderful pregnancy experience. I had a very traumatic birth, but that was nothing to do with him or me. It was a, these things happen uh, and during my pregnancy I put on 40 pounds which is extremely normal to do and something that you know that's what happens when you put on uh, when you have a baby your body is literally growing another human and your blood doubles you know it's crazy stuff that happens to your body and I did exactly the same thing that I did when I was good and ready I decided to walk I did my walking and I rejoined body spins for one more cycle and I lost the 40 pounds and I have been maintaining my weight now 147 for the last since June of this year. So I am just living my life in maintenance now. So in a nutshell, that is my story. <laughs> so. I am sorry, I'm very long winded. No, <laughs> I loved it. So I have lots of questions to go back right. to, but I love... I love your story and I love how much for me personally. So where I was when I started was kind of coming to that same point. Well, it's not the same, but a similar point where I was done punishing myself for who I was. And I started that and it's a struggle. It's a struggle to go from being in a constant state of punishing yourself to accepting and cheering for yourself and like being that encouraging person that you can be for other people, but really struggle to be for yourself. And I feel like I love hearing that you had that similar journey. And I love how you word things too. Like it's, you word things so beautifully. So I, I hope that those of you listening, I feel like there's so many different layers of, of things to relate to with Carla's story. So as we dive in a little deeper, I hope that that you um 
gift you can relate and that you'll check out um, Carla's channel. She has a whole YouTube channel. So if you, if you want to go there and it's just half of Carla, all right. Half of Carla, Carla with a C. Yeah. Half of Carla. Yeah. Show up for yourself is my biggest motto. It is what has threaded through my entire mental health and weight loss journey. And it's what helped me to stay consistent and to, to do the things that I need to do and to be my own biggest champion. Because as you said, we can champion everybody else, but we are so hard on ourselves. And but I love that you said that as well, because that that motto of just show up for yourself is so ingrained in me now. And I think that that's when you realize that you can be your biggest champion. That's when things will start to change, when you can be that person that can champion yourself. I love that so much. So I just think it's, it's so, so I have like a few things that like I say a lot. Um, one of them is that we're worth the work. Like, and I feel like that's so similar to show up for yourself. I just feel like if you like my channel and you like those times where I'm especially chatty, then you will be obsessed with all of Carla's videos. That's, that's what I think. And like the great thing about Carla is she is where, I want to go and where you guys have been seeing me kind of work through and everybody's story, everybody's life. We are all so different. And yet there's so many intersections of our stories, of our personalities. And I think it's beautiful. So I bet you'll go check out her channel. This is not the end of the video. I feel like I'm making it sound like it, but I, um, I'll tell you guys, and I think I told you in a recent video, so you, which you may or may not have seen, but I um I was teaching yoga and I got home, I was scrolling on my phone, avoiding going inside, which sometimes I do for like way longer than I ever should. I've actually set timers on my phone to keep me from doing this. Like if I spend 15 minutes on social media, it's like, hello, you're wasting your life. My phone is. So <laughs> a really good thing to do. <laughs> That's a really good setup. <laughs> it helps. YouTube did a great thing for me. It recommended Carla's video and it was the perfect video. I like the perfect moment for me. Um, she said so many different things that I just really needed to hear like at that specific time and other times as well. But in that moment, I needed it. And I got that from her video. And I think there's so many similarities. I just think that you'll really enjoy her content and I will. I think it's, it's one of those old adages that will say that when you're ready, the teacher will show up when you're ready to learn, the teacher will show up. And I think it's, it's sometimes, you know, we might hear the same content over and over again, but it's sometimes when you hear it from somebody at a certain point set in a certain way, it just sits differently with you and you go, oh, okay. You know, like that might be, so I think, I think it's always, it's so important for all of us to stay open as well to, you know, even if somebody has their, their journey might seem different or it might seem like somebody's further or further back or further along their journey, you never know what kind of information that will just resonate with you more than it would have in the past or something like that. What I hope with sharing my story is not to show other people what to do. What I hope is that people learn to, as your motto is to show up for themselves, like to be more of a guide or in my case, like often it's a lesson on what not to do, or you're seeing me 
fight through not repeating the same cycle while repeating similar cycles until I just get through it. Like you have to go through it. And um, that can be, and everybody's journey just looks different. And so I don't want anyone's to look at what I'm doing and be like, that's what I need to do. I need to work out like her and I need to eat like her and I need to do this like her and I need to live like her. Like you don't need to do anything like me. My hope is that you start listening to yourself and that you, you respect who you are and you find your inner voice and you figure out what your body needs and what you need to be mentally healthy and happy as you go forward. And that's how your videos make me feel. The videos that I've seen, like it doesn't matter if I'm like, I would 100% do exactly what she just said right now. Like I don't have to like to get so I get so much out of the videos that I've listened and I haven't even gotten to listen to that many. It's it's been so awesome. It's like it's like her channel is like a podcast all of its own, and you're just very comforting. So. Um, I just feel like I just said a lot. <laughs> I think that we have to find what works for us and make it work for, for us. What I never want is somebody to come on and see, like when I do, I have a very, I have something that I say a lot is that, you know, you cannot control the outputs of what, of your weight loss or, you know, so like if you and I ate exactly the same thing, and did exactly the same thing for a day, our results are going to be different. You know, so it doesn't matter because we're completely different people. We are completely different chemical makeup, biological makeup. So they might be in a similar track, but they're not going to be exactly the same. So I, I don't want anyone to ever try to emulate exactly what I do, but I'm more encouraging people to find their way and to find what works for them and find, because I think as well that everybody has, not everybody, but the majority I would hypothesize of people who are on a significant weight loss journey will have some reasoning as to why they need to be on that journey. Like what was the thing that brought them to the point that they wanted to change? And that reason is going to be different for everybody. It might be childhood trauma you know, for 20% of the population who need to lose weight or want to lose weight. But that childhood trauma could be from a total different spectrum, you know, for all of those different people and how it's influenced their life and how it's shown up in their life could be different. So I don't want to say that because I have this childhood trauma, you should do exactly this thing because that's not going to work. For everybody but it's just trying to find ways that will work and encourage people and I think the one thing that I always try to do is to take down the barriers and stigma around mental health and wanting to lose weight it's okay if you want to lose weight it's if you are happy and healthy in the body that you're in that is so beautiful and I celebrate everybody who's happy with the way they were I was not happy with who I was and I wanted to change I wanted to make that change for myself and that's okay And I want people to know that it's okay to seek mental health support as well, that there is nothing wrong with you. It's that there are things that have happened and that these are the results of those things that happened. But this is not a source of shame. This is not something that we need to cower away from or hide away from. And that's okay to seek that support and it's okay to not be okay as well. And I went through a very 
very difficult time after I had my son. I had really debilitating postnatal depression. And I thought that I was going to be immune to it because of the amount of work that I had done on my mental health. But I was severely in a, in a not okay place. And I want people to know that it's okay to not be okay. Like it's not as in it's not like you shouldn't be striving for it. But, you know, it's, it's okay to be in that place. It's normal. But it's okay to seek help to get that help and that you can pull yourself out of that and you can do that and you can work and find ways and what might work for me might not work for you might not work for Gina down the road but it might help you to find your way she is now losing weight very fast and her mental processes um and like dealing with the change it doesn't feel so real like that she's lost the weight so sometimes she's very hard on herself and my thought is that I don't think it matters. Like it does matter what everything she feels matters. That's not what I'm saying. I just said that very poorly, but whether you weigh a hundred pounds and you have never been overweight a day in your life, or you weigh 352 pounds, um, some of those feelings that you have where maybe you hate your body or you're depressed and you're projecting those feelings, like the things that you're feeling onto your body as criticism and like that hatefulness, it's that doesn't necessarily change by your size. Like, and so I don't think there is an immunity to that. Um, I don't think like our age can protect us from that. Like there's just going to be times in our life where we struggle with that. We struggle with those feelings. And I think it's also true that as you lose weight, um, especially quickly or even slowly, I don't think that that matters quite as much either. It's hard to adjust taking up so much less or so much more space mentally and dealing. So there's so many layers, but Losing weight on its own, a hundred percent will not cure anything that ails you mentally, any trauma that we've had. And you don't have to live your life the way I live or the way Carla lives, but each of us need to, meaning me and Carla, we need to live and work through our trauma in a way that protects our story, not our story, but our lives and our health. And I think that I feel like you might have something to say. So. I, I am literally like, amen to that. If you white knuckle it through weight loss and you end up at your goal weight, but you still have all these habits and the trauma reactions that you had, you're going to put that weight back on again. And I think that that's why the statistics are so poor for weight loss is in the, in terms of the regain, because there are so many people out there. And I was one of them who don't understand the correlation between mental health and weight, weight, obesity, I believe is a symptom of some kind of mental health issue for a large portion of the population. For me, most definitely it was a response to something that was going on in my head it was not laziness it was not just randomly overeating or not understanding that you know like you know fries equal you know fat like it's like 
it wasn't a, a lack of intelligence that led me to be morbidly obese. It was a an issue with my mental health. And if I white knuckled it and just didn't eat the fries and didn't eat the chocolate and didn't eat the thing and lost 180 pounds and I was like, okay, I'm done and let go. All of those habits and reactions to my trauma would still be there. So if I didn't process all of those prior to losing weight and during my weight loss journey and try to come to terms with all of those feelings that I had during my weight loss journey as well, because my God, there were so many things came up, as you said there, about not taking up as much space. Like that to me, I used to shrink myself down when I was morbidly obese so that I would fit into a smaller package, you know, like fit into things like, because, you know, you might not fit into a chair, you might not fit into a booth at a restaurant, you might not fit into a roller coaster. So I was so used to like scrunching myself up to learn to unfurl myself was something I had to learn how to do. And there are so many layers. But as you said there, if you, you know, you, you need to get to the point where you're working through that trauma, whatever that might be for you, for me, for anyone who's listening. And it'll all be different for each one of us because we're all these beautiful, imperfect, wonderful bags of skin and bones walking around. And it's going to be different for each of us. But you need to work through that as you're losing weight, prior to losing weight, post losing weight, so that we're not white knuckling it through it because it, that is what leads to that statistic of regain and putting the weight back on again. I have no fear now that I will regain my weight. I have no fear because I know that that person who I was at 323 pounds is not the same person I am now. I'm a completely different person because I have done the work because I was worth doing the work because I did the work and that work was painful and it was tough and it was hard, but my God, was it worth it. It was worth doing it because this now that I feel is free. This is freedom. This is, the work is hard, but it's nowhere near as hard as my life was when I was living in 323 pounds. My, my life now is worth every single tear that I shed in my therapist's office it was worth every feeling of unknowing and weirdness and uncomfortableness and self-sabotage that I had to work through to get to this point because my god is it worth it when you get to that point it is worth it but it's still still a challenge there are still things that will come up and still keep going it's allowing ourselves to work through that and know that we're imperfect and know that we will never be perfect you know, we will never be fully fixed. Any of us, you know, we're never going to be enlightened beings, but we do the best that we can. But yeah, just just that that bit what you said there about like, you know, that you need to work through that while you're losing weight. It's just because there are so many people that I know who think that, you know, not maybe people who haven't had it, but people think that like weight loss surgery is the easy way out. And there is, a, I can tell you that is that is not the easy way out of this. Because you still have to, yeah, you still have to work on through that. You know, calorie counting is not the easy way out. You still got to do the work. It's your methodology of reducing calories is how you lose weight. That's just the science behind it. But it's the ability to allow yourself to do the things that you need to do. That's the hard part. You know, 
don't like eating less food technically isn't the hard part it's allowing yourself to do the work to be comfortable enough to allow yourself to eat less that's the hard part that's where the hard part that's where the real work is it's so interesting because with trauma and and we say things like and we i mean like we as a society and you've said in this conversation like our mental health work or um and i don't think we always look at things in like mental health is so stigmatized i did not know so i've had add my whole life and my um my parents i was diagnosed with it as a kid they didn't tell me so i found out as a young adult when i went to therapy and they're like wow. okay you're you're okay but we're going to need you to maybe consider like treating your ADD. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Um, so it, uh, yeah. So my point here is even then and in therapy, I net, I it was like maybe six months ago or so that I had like an aha moment. I'm like, huh. ADHD is like, a behavioral health, like a mental health issue. <laughs> and it's just, we don't always look at that trauma in your life, whether you are like someone who's like, I'm strong and it doesn't matter what I've been through. Like, I don't need a label. Like, I don't like PTSD, like is a real thing. And you don't have to have PTSD, but trauma literally rewires your thought processes. When I went to therapy in Utah, my therapist shared this story and the he was trying to tell me something and it, and it worked. He told me the story of this woman who her childhood, she was so bullied. And every time she left her house, all of the kids in the neighborhood would throw things at her. Well, one day she picked up a trash can lid and she figured out that by carrying that lid with her, she was able to block everything that was thrown at her. And so she was okay. So she went through the rest of her life. Okay. Until one day as a professional, she was at lunch and this client of hers leans forward and is like, Hey, so we've been working together for quite a while. I feel really comfortable asking you this. Um, why are you always carrying around that trash can lid? And it sounds ridiculous, but we yes. find things that protect us, whether you were abused, whether you saw something traumatic, like it doesn't experienced like something horrible, like it doesn't matter. And it could have not been any of those things. Something like just if there's something that you're going through and it's very bad, our bodies are wired to figure and find solutions to protect us. So we don't have to be aware of it. You don't have to acknowledge it, but it's there and it will change your ability to progress and work through everything. And so respecting boundaries that you need while pushing them is hard. It's very hard. And as you were saying earlier, like therapy is not always super easy to come by, especially after the pandemic in the States. I feel like it's extremely difficult to just find people, a general practitioner accepting new patients. Um, yeah. 
So that's one reason I love, like, I love the way that you share on your channel, Carla, because I feel like I try to share my streams of thought. Like I try to be as open as I can and share what I'm feeling and experiencing in a way that is authentic. So like, I can't just, if I'm like breaking down, I can't just pick the camera up and record that. That will never, ever happen ever because I wouldn't be in the state of mind that I am in. And that may not be true for everybody, but that's true for me. And so then I describe it and I tell you what my thoughts are, but I like the way Carla kind of, it's like you, I don't want to say paraphrase or pare down, but it's almost like where sometimes in my videos, I'll share broad thoughts. You'll have specific points that you're sharing that are less personalized to you. Some of them are you, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful blend, but I love that about your channel. So I'm saying all of this because therapy is sometimes hard to come by. I'm so long winded and there are resources out there. Like there are community resources, there's books, there's Mm -hmm. other people sharing their stories like me, but hearing somebody's stories, like some of the things that I share could be triggering. And I don't want you watching my channel. If if you're watching my channel and it brings you anger, frustration, disappointment, a bleak outlook on the future. Like if you look at me and you're like, oh my gosh, it's taken her two years to lose a hundred pounds and she's going so slow and I'm tired of watching this. Please don't watch my channel. I don't want you to spend 15, 20 minutes of your life in a negative headspace watching me but there are people who watch and it resonates. That's for them. And there's people who watch to encourage me. And I am unbelievably grateful for that. I think finding what helps you is important. And there's just so many things available. We just have to look for them. And that's part of that showing up for yourself um, is trying to find those pieces that will help you forward. And so I, um, I loved what you had said something about when you fix the things in your head, when you fix it, when you fix your head, the weight will just fall off. Yeah. And I think that that's so important. And yet I also don't think we have to put off working on our weight or making healthy choices. You don't even have to work on your weight. You don't have to put off making healthy choices until we fix our heads. Um, you can do it together. Absolutely. Like I, it took me 10 years nearly uh, between when my GP said that to me and when I actually started to lose weight, like physically actually do the actions to properly lose weight. But in between there was this whole like, you know, journey that I was going on of like cycling through learning what, like what's good for me, changing my diet habits, you know, and, and other things and learning and reading and getting different resources and things like that, that were going to help me. But it was, and I think that like I started therapy two, three months before I like the proper therapy for my food addiction, three months before I started to lose weight. And then I continued with my therapy weekly until I was eight for one full year until I felt like I was okay. And then 
I kind of dipped in and out then from then. So I think it's really good that we, you continue to do, I think it's important to do the therapy work in tandem, but also it doesn't mean that you, if you don't feel like you're ready, you can't start doing simple actions, simple, small changes in your life. Like maybe going for a walk for 15 minutes, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour long power walk. 15 minutes just helping you to get out into fresh air to clear your mind is so important. It's not just for weight loss. You know, these are things that you can do. Starting to drink more water. The four fundamentals for me for showing up for yourself are nutrition. So trying to eat as well as you can. We're not all perfect. And I love myself some processed food. I'm not going to deny myself that. But, you know, I try to eat from the 80-20 rule. So I eat 80% polar foods not perfect and then 20% I eat junk food you know and that that's a balance that that allows for me to live my best life then there's water water is so important for every single aspect of your being movement so simple mindful movements like walking for me I walk every single day for one hour it is I'm up at 5 a.m and out the door at 5 15 and it doesn't matter whether it's hail rain sunshine I'm by the coast and it can be freezing cold here and really damp doesn't matter I'm out because I need that time for myself that is so important for me and the fourth uh, of my fundamentals is sleep sleep is so important it's something that we don't appreciate enough in modern society it's something we're sleeping a lot less than we used to years ago um, than our ancestors did we are sleeping a lot less and it is more encouraged now it's seen as a badge of honor to be sleeping less and to be more stressed and to be more overworked and to not be taking time to relax and not taking time to sit down and I think that that's some that's a really dangerous narrative that we're working on so if we can work on those four simple acts while we're dealing with our mental health we're dealing with you know like working through things before we want to start on the like active weight loss elements I think that those things are really simple but can make a huge difference in our lives and to our overall well-being and to assist our mental health as well as our physical health I love that it's I think those four things for one without them just weight loss is not going to happen and definitely not sustainable weight loss um I suppose how clean you eat is could vary like so that, I mean I think that's subjective like some people can eat gluten and some people can't some people function with better with a little bit less carbs I'm not saying it's suggesting no carbs but some people um some people have autoimmune disorders where like literally they will be sick if they eat most foods so I mean we all exist on different Different, slightly different playing fields, if you will. Um, and then sleep. And a lot of us, even when we're getting sleep, it's bad sleep, especially the more weight we have, which just means being mindful, maybe um, taking a few minutes to just breathe, being more protective of your wind down time, like setting a routine on how you prepare for bed so that you're in a slightly more rest state so that you can like really monopolize on the good sleep that you do get, um, which might not be as much as you could. And I think if I were going to add anything to that, it would be, I don't even know how to word it, but breaking away 
Um, and I'm going to say social media, but I almost don't even mean social media. Relating it back, I don't think I had thought about it quite in the context of all of the thoughts, all of the images, all of the opinions from outside, like, mm-hmm. um, and how you said that it shaped your perception. I, I feel like I think it along those lines, but I had never like concept, like pull those words out to where that, and it's so true. And I think the more we waste our time scrolling social media, like there's a difference in engaging with good content that uplifts you or yeah. moves you towards your goals and mindless scrolling and reels. I love them. They're so funny. My husband sends me funny reels all the time, but I won't just watch his reel. I won't even realize that I've gotten off of his message that he sent me. And I'm like 10 reels in. And then my phone goes off and it's like, ha you're done for the day which has been really good for me. That's a really, that's a really, I think it's, it's almost like it's setting boundaries. I think boundaries are so important in every area of our life. And it's something that we're as a people. And I think as women as well, we're really not great at setting for yeah. ourselves. I, I think that as women, we're, we're terrible. Yes. People, we will do everything for other people. We, we won't protect our own time and our own space. And that as well with social media, I know, and I've said this multiple times, as you were saying there, if people don't find you uplifting or, you know, if they, if they're having a negative response to watching you, the same to me, I tell them, please turn off, unfollow me, you know, unsubscribe from me, don't follow me. And I've actually met people in person, real people who have said to me, I've had to unfollow you previously until I was ready. And I take no offense to that. That is not... I, that does not bother me. In fact, I'm really happy that that has done, you have done that for yourself. If you've unfollowed me or, you know, like if I am not giving you the response, there's a, a Marie For, uh, Forleo, the uh, really famous coach. She has a really good way of seeing if you, somebody is, is generating an inspiration or comparison response. So if you find that you are, feeling expanded and uplifted when you're watching something or consuming content or spending time with certain people or doing certain actions in your day-to-day that is something that is inspiring that is something that is positive and beneficial for you if you are consuming content and you are feeling contracted if you're feeling smaller if you are feeling more negative if you are having an anger response that is something that is either creating a comparison or is a negative for you and it's a really good way of distinguishing between the two to find what type of content and what our time is so precious we only have a certain amount of time on this earth and to spend it in those negative cycles and watching things that are not giving us any benefit you know and a benefit doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be something like you know that's going to change your perspective on something or some really intelligent conversation or you know something where you're learning it can be something that you find funny and uplifting but it's managing your time and making sure that you're not spending four hours you know of your precious time watching something that you find funny instead it's finding things that are uplifting and inspiring and then also making sure you cut off that boundary and make sure you have time for yourself because we're all so time poor. We all say, oh, I have no time, I have no time, I have no time. But if we actually took a detailed diary of every minute that we spend, I'm sure we could clear up hours and hours in our day of things that are not helping us on our way and are not helping us to live the lives that we want. That time that we are wasting on 
meaningless tasks and things that we don't actually need to be doing. I love that. So I, I don't know how to narrow all of that down into one. And it might be even two, like guarding your time or setting boundaries. And then, I mean, maybe just setting boundaries is just the way to go. Like setting good boundaries for you. Everyone needs different things. We value different things. But I find the more I am scrolling, the more I'm like, oh, maybe I need like some new Christmas decor. I'm not buying any new Christmas decor. That is not happening here. (laughs) That's not happening here. And yet I'll be like, oh, maybe I need, maybe I need that. No, I don't. I don't need it. Or maybe I need new makeup. Like I, I find for myself that I have to actively go, okay, no, hold on. We're, you're comparing now, you know? And I think when you start to compare, you do yourself a terrible injustice. You know, I am in the influencer, I really hate that word, but influencer, you know, industry within Ireland. And I find myself like, oh, she got invited to that event and I didn't. Or, you know, or some, they do that. And I'm like, do you want to go to that? You know, like, or are you just comparing yourself and you feel a bit left out? You know, and I have to kind of have a chat with myself and honest, like I think rigorous self-honesty is so important as well. You have that honest chat with yourself and go, okay, hold on now. Are you just comparing yourself to somebody else in a situation that you actually don't want? Or is that something that you would like to do? And maybe you can work towards that, you know, and be inspired by that. But I think that that negative, we're so geared to go negative, you know, all the time that it's it's really important to kind of take it back and set that boundary with yourself as well and set that boundary and to have that honest conversation with yourself. I think that's like even... When I stand back there earlier, I was talking about how I realized that I did this to myself. You know, like I was spending my whole life in looking to lose weight, but looking at everybody else and blaming everybody else for my weight, for my weight. Instead of going, okay, but I, I, nobody force fed me. I'm not, you know, a fatted duck being used for foie gras. Like I am. I put the food in my mouth. I chose not to do the exercise. I chose not to drink the water. It was my choice. No, I'm not blaming myself. I understand where that came from, but it's that rigorous self-honesty to go, oh no, okay. I I did this to myself, therefore I can undo it. And I can do it, undo it with compassion and with love and understand why I have those reactions and what I can do to unfurl them and undo them and set new boundaries and set new habits and set new actions for myself. Yeah, it's really powerful. Sarah, I talked about her earlier. She lists out why she's feeling what she's feeling. She started specifically with when she has like, a, she wants to eat, like listing like the reasons and different things like that. But there are things that that we can do to figure that out with or without therapy. And I am such a fan of therapy. Therapy is a privilege. Like it's not something everyone has access to. And I think I think that's one thing that most people can do. Most people, not everybody, but is buy something like this. This is a four dollar notebook that I bought on Amazon. And I just bought it because it looks pretty. But <laughs> in my opinion, it looks pretty just <laughs> being the golf and me. But you know, you could buy I also have a pink one for those who prefer pink. And you can pick up something like this and you can write at the top, 
why do I feel bad today? And allow yourself to write for three pages on why you feel bad. And allow, and don't stop, don't take your pen off the paper for three pages. And it doesn't matter whether you're sitting there going, I'm writing this because you're one on the the podcast that I listened to told me to write this. What does she know? And who's your one to tell me what, you know, and you can write all of that. And then just let it go. Let it flow. See what comes up. That's a simple act that we can all have access to. It's very accessible for every single one of us. It is only about giving yourself time, time management, to, to find the time to just write a little bit. And when you start to write, there's something magical that happens when you put pen to paper. And it's it's easier. It's, it's more complicated than when you're writing on your phone because it takes longer. Or when you're speaking to somebody because it takes longer and it makes you think. It makes you connect in with yourself a little bit more. And things can start to come up. And it's kind of like I always do. Like this, the, this part inside me here starts to flow through my arm and starts to come out on the paper. And when that is when things started to happen. And anytime I'm not feeling great, I pick out one of these and I have like five of them all around the house and I just start writing and I see what happens. And nine times out of 10, I can unfurl something within me, you know, something that's going on within me. And I have things constantly that come up all the time. Like, for example, you know, today, I or and yesterday I was having this like negative response towards sending out the blurb for my event. And I was like, I need to know why I'm having this negative response and I need to figure this out. And I took pen to paper and started to unfurl it. And that is how I was like, this is just this is just me being silly. You know, this is just something that's coming up. I'm worried about comparison, worried that people won't show up. These are perfectly normal reactions. Then it's about being self-compassionate to ourselves. So the majority of people will have access to the internet. And there are people like that we can go and search for, like you were saying. There are resources out there, like Dr. Kristen Neff, who is the leader in radical self-compassion. We can go and listen to a guided 10, 15-minute meditation by her that will help us and will help to be compassionate to ourselves. We can go and we can do a body scan and scan in our body and feel where you know body scans are available if you've got insight timer it's a free app with thousands of guided meditations on it you can do that and do a body scan and see where there's anything trapped if anything's not feeling right if we're lacking in sleep you know we might not be able to access a sleep clinic or to access a therapist we might be able to do yoga ninja for sleep and do a, a guided meditation that will have you sleep in 20 minutes there are things that we can do, and I think that we we need to overcome our challenges. And instead of seeing them as obstacles that stop us going down the route, we need to turn them and to reframe them as challenges. And every one of us is challenged in a different way. Every single one of us has our own challenges, and some are more difficult than others. And each one is relevant to that person, because your challenge might be very different to somebody who is living in Ukraine now in the middle of a war-torn country. But your challenge is still valid. Your things that you're feeling are still valid. I think there's terrible comparison of uh, our, how bad we're feeling. And that's not helping anybody. You know, you are entitled to feel how you feel. And it's about overcoming our own challenges. 
and stopping ourselves from seeing them as obstacles and shutting down, but facing them head on and going, okay, this is a challenge. I might not have the financial accessibility to access therapy right now. That is a challenge for finding other ways to help myself along the way. And of course, I'm speaking as a person with privilege who was able to afford that. But I also had to sacrifice other things. I was doing singing lessons. I had to sacrifice my singing lessons in order to be able to do therapy. So that is a challenge that I have to face. And there are things that we can, it's about creating priorities. What's, what's a priority for us? And also it's okay if losing weight or your mental health journey is not your priority right now. It's okay. That's something that doesn't have, it doesn't have to be your priority right now. It might be something you want to tackle or challenge, but it's okay if you don't want, if it's not the full priority right now, if there's something else going on in your life. If, you know, somebody is dying in your family, God forbid, or there's, you know, something horrible is happening in your life right now, or you're just having a really challenging time at work and you don't feel like you can take this on. That's okay. We don't have to be always trying to evolve ourselves you know we we need to be compassionate to ourselves where we are at that time and I was at the right time in the right space to challenge myself and to work through my issues but that time might not have worked for somebody else because I know that that would not have worked for me if I did that a year it would have been completely fruitless and it's about meeting yourself where you are and being compassionate to yourself along your journey of where you are it's beautiful. A challenge to facing challenges is when we put hard time constraints or expectations or use other people's results or ideas as our guide, as opposed to leaning into figuring out what we need, like internally, like looking in, what do you need? And so maybe you're losing weight and it's going to take you you want it to take you X amount of time, but it's going to take you longer because every time you come to a challenge, you have to find your, maybe you have to find your will to work over it. May, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, you have to find the way and then you work through it and then you continue forward. And it's okay to struggle to get there. Like you don't have to, you don't, you can still set timelines. You can do whatever you would like because it's your, we have to live with we have to live with anything we accept, one. And two, I feel most of us will find as we start facing challenges or limitations even, like let's say we have something that's limiting us and we feel like maybe it's this thing, but maybe it's a limiting belief and we're allowing our belief on our limitation to keep us where we are when it's just a matter of reframing or working through and progressing so it's a that's also about being on like comfortable with our discomfort you know like we have these and I had so many life limiting beliefs I never believed that believed that I was going to be able to lose weight because I never saw anybody do it before you know that was my size who did it without having to go down the surgery route I didn't believe that that was going to be the case that I was ever going to be able to do that and so I you know, I had a life-limiting belief of I am not going to be able to do this. I will not be able to lose weight. I am going to be overweight my entire life. And then I realized that that is just a life-limiting belief and that I will have challenges along my way. 
but I can reframe those life-limiting beliefs. I can reframe them and undo them and unfurl them and understand where they're coming from and change that for myself. I love that. Well, and I think the little things that we do as we go forward, it strengthens our confidence and resolve and it starts to change that internal talk the as we build confidence and we learn to trust ourselves um so you hadn't seen anyone lose weight and then you started forward and you had to do a lot of work to get to get there and then you had you worked on your weight and hearing i love hearing things like you said earlier you have no anxiety or worry about gaining the weight back because you have this found confidence in who you are and in the things that you've built. I feel so at ease. Like I know that I am going to, unless I like get hit by a car, which is totally possible or something terrible happens where I am no more in my life. And sooner rather than later, I will get to my goal weight. Like that it's a, it's going to happen. And that gives me the freedom to work through the things that I need to work through as they come up as opposed to shelving them. And this middle part of my weight loss, it's it's forever, it feels like. <laughs> and yep. there's so many... It plateaus are, I think, are just going to be very reoccurring. And then there's also like plateaus of the mind. I still have the confidence, though, that as long as I continue moving forward and continue working through things, I'm going to get there. Replaces the need for motivation because I know if I just continue to do the work and show up for myself, I'm going to get there. And I love that you're sharing your story in the way that you do because you have done the work. You took the time that you needed. You worked through your stuff and you're there and you have that confidence. I feel like it's the same confidence that I have. Whereas before every Adkins, every keto or starvation or whatever I decided was going to be my answer like I had no confidence in me I only had confidence in whatever I was being fed and I think being the lead on our own journeys and figuring out what we need and maybe you need keto and that's okay or maybe you need this program and that's okay if you need it and you choose it it's you choosing it as a tool it's not that's not the answer you are the answer like Exactly. We are the answer to our problems. That's just, it exactly. is. Yeah. That's, you have the power to do it. It's it's like, I, I did body spins to lose weight. I could have done it alone, but it was a, a simple tool that I was able to use. But body spins didn't make me lose weight. I lost weight because I had to do the actions. I had to do the work. You know, I often say to people who ask me about the program, they're like, you know, does it really work? I'm like, yes, if you do it. You know, it will work if you do the actions that they tell you to do, but it's not going to work if you pay the sign up fee and then you sit back for the next 10 weeks. You know, you have to do the actions to get you to that point. And these things are tools and they're all 
every one of them, no matter what program you do, all works in the calorie deficit. That's how you lose weight is you, you eat less calories than your body needs to fuel yourself and it takes from your fat stores. That's how weight loss is done. That's just the scientific fact. So they're all dressed up into all these different methodologies and these nice little packages that you can follow. And I found body seems to be really good because it helped me with my mental health. But whatever program it is that you choose to do or whatever that you want to do, that works for, for somebody else. But they are your tool. But you are the person. I am the person. You are the person. Whoever is listening, you're the person who can do it. You're the person that has to put one foot foot in front of the other you're the person to decide whether or not to eat that thing the most important thing is to know is that you have the power to do that you have the power within you because if i did it believe me anybody can do it because i was at the worst of the worst i was as the leader of of body sims or the, the guy who loves us called it, it the state is super bad he's a former alcoholic he was that super bad uh, you know like told he was going to die because of his alcoholism that he had like it wasn't a case of if it was when and he that was his state of super bad and I was that super bad because at points when I was bulimic I you know if I didn't throw off blood that was good you know that was my benefit if I you know I was, it was only a matter of time before a doctor told me that I had type 2 diabetes or I had some kind of cancer because of the way I was treating my body and if I can get from super bad to this feeling now, this feeling of grace, this feeling of being free, anybody can do it. There is hard work, but it's nowhere near as hard as life was for me at the start. You know, that, that life that I lived for 32 years was a damn sight harder than this is now, or the majority of 32 years was a damn sight harder than this is now. This is, or that work that I did, this life now, this is so I I knew for myself personally that I wanted to lose the weight in the fastest amount of time possible and I assume that the majority of people want to get it off as fast as possible when I understood what this weight was and I understood the root of it that this was the reaction that I had that I was literally carrying the shame and trauma around with me I was like I want this off me and so I decided to do a weight loss program that helped me to get it off but it was a tool to get it off whereas I had to do the work to realize what this weight was and I think if anyone's struggling right now with the start of weight loss or wanting to be on a weight loss journey or beginning it I think a really important question to ask yourself is why why are you the weight you are and why do you want to lose it because those two questions, if you can answer those questions, it will help to uncover an awful lot of information. It's realizing why I was overweight, that it was a response to the trauma and being triggered by the trauma that I had in my body. And then why I want to lose it is because I was free. I felt like I wanted to unzip my body and step outside of it because I had met the real me for the first time. And this person who I was inside was trapped inside his body. I wanted to be freed. I wanted to let the light inside of me out. I wasn't doing it because my mom told me to lose weight or a doctor told me to lose weight or the insurance company would insure me or for a boyfriend who made fun of me or the kids down the road who made fun of me or somebody who laughed at me or, you know, because I was ashamed or because I wanted to look better for a bridesmaid dress or I wanted to go to this event and not have shame. I did this for me. Nobody else. 
do this for me, to show up for myself, to be the best that I can be. And that's understanding why you're doing it and why you need to do it. What is the result? Those two questions, I think that they will really help people. I guess the pen and paper and write why and just start writing and just see what happens. See what comes out. You never know what will come out when you pen and paper. And I never really considered, I don't think, I have considered why, but I feel like when when it is suggested to like share your why, it's usually the why you want to do mm-hmm. as opposed to why are you this way right now? And even like with your journal prompts, like why do I feel this way right now? Why do I feel... Like I want to go scroll and get lost on, on social media for a little while. Like it can be, it can be applied to so many different things. Why do I feel like I want to eat right now? Why do I feel like I don't want to leave my house right now? Like whatever it is that you're feeling, that's such a good, it's a good starting point. Well, why, why Why do I feel this way? I have to, I have to tell you, like, honestly, one of the most painful things for me in my therapeutic journey, you know, I had, I had been overweight like, since I was a child and, you know, everyone would try to encourage me to lose weight or bribe me to lose weight or something, you know, there was always like shamed me into losing weight and nothing ever worked. But the most painful thing for me is that nobody asked why, why was this 10 year old girl overweight? Why was this 18-year-old girl morbidly obese with bulimia? Why is this 23-year-old living with food addiction? Why? Nobody asked why. Nobody tried to figure out why. And that was really painful to me. Nobody in my family tried to figure it out. And I don't blame them for that. That's just they, they didn't have the capacity to understand that that's something that needed to be figured out because we all think, wait, is this laziness or lack of education or you know stubbornness or just you know bluffness but it's not I don't know most people that I know who are morbidly overweight are beautiful intelligent smart people that have had some kind of issue and that they need to figure out what that why is and if we can as people ask me a lot what what do they do for their friend or family member who's overweight how do they get them to lose weight I'm like first of all you can never get anybody to lose weight that, that has to be their own decision but i honestly say to them the best thing you can do is to be an ear and maybe ask slightly encouraging questions such as why why do you feel that you are this way why and only in a very open and non-shameful non-judgmental arena because you start pointing figures at people they're going to shut down because i would have shut down as well but it's why. Why did nobody ask, why is Carla 10 years old and binging? Why? That had to be some, there had to be a reason why. Because it's not normal behavior. And I use that term air quotes for anyone who's not watching. Why is that the reason? And I think that if we can, I now understand why I was overweight. I know exactly why I was morbidly obese. BMI of 50, weighing 23 stone, 323 pounds. I know why. But nobody ever asked why. 
And I think if we ask ourselves why and we practice rigorous self-honesty with no shame, we don't need to shame ourselves. We, we do that enough. This is not about shame, but understanding ourselves. Becoming self-aware and connecting to the person that you are, I think that's what really will help anybody out there to, to figure it out and to make those steps to change if you want to and if you're ready to. I, I love that. And I think going along with what if somebody asks you, what can I do? If people show how much they love and genuinely care about you, which is hard, it is hard to do without judgment. Um, then you can ask whatever. If you lean in and have an earnest, likely good intent, then you can ask those questions. It's not, and if you aren't asking in a way that if they question why you're asking or they feel hurt or offended, if if you ask that from a place that if they don't respond the way you want them to, you will be defensive. Like you can't ask from a place where you will end up being defensive. So if you come at that from that compassionate place of love or they know that you feel that way, because it's a little different then you can ask whatever. And that why is such a powerful question. Um, But you really can't do anything wrong if you're willing to have the conversations, if you're willing to go through the emotions, especially if it's the first time. Like, let's say you're listening to this and you have a child right now who's struggling and you've never thought to ask your child, like, why? Why are you sneaking diet pills? And you have to ask those questions and then you have to sit back and let people work through whatever they have to work through to answer. And I mean, it looks a lot different when you're asking a child than an adult sometimes. And sometimes we get stuck as adults at the point of our trauma. So you, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, you know, a very emotionally stunted. 32 year old you know like I was still at the point of my trauma and I had the reactions and the barriers and I just learned my trauma response and I just never changed you know I obviously developed a bit you know matured a bit but I was still mostly emotionally stuck as a child and every time I escaped my body with food the traumatized or I left my body and was kind of like running around in the ether because I didn't want to deal with whatever the hell was going on in my head the little traumatized child would come in and, you know, take over my body, take over the avocado and go, okay, let's get some comfort here and eat food. Yeah. You know, and that, that was my, that was my trauma response my whole life. And now I know I'm like, okay, no, I'm not feeling good. Something's not right here. I need to be able to sit in this and sit with this and be okay with this. And that's what made the big difference for me was learning to be okay with being uncomfortable. That also helped me with that self-sabotage cycle. Very interesting six months. And I will likely never share all of the details on any social forum. But while I've been working through some of the things that I needed to, I've gotten to a point where when I have that, and maybe I've noticed that some things will set off and it doesn't matter what it is, and a pretty significant flight or fight response. And I never really put those words to it, but that's what it is. And then all of a sudden I'm driven to want to run or 
to hide. Like, so, and that can look like so many different things. Like maybe that fight or flight triggers that like run. And that means, okay, I should really go to the store and buy like three pairs of new shoes. Or maybe I should just consume all of this content as quickly as possible. I'm just going to keep scrolling and watching until I get that, that fix of adrenaline or get that adrenaline out, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But getting to a point where I can just be like, that's interesting. Like, that's very interesting that that right there caused this feeling. And feelings can be hard because excited and completely scared out of your mind can feel the exact same in your body. Yeah. So identifying our emotions is, it's a struggle. It's, it's a struggle. And I don't think there's a wrong way. I think even when I started the way that I am, so when I came to my point, summer 2020, where I'm like, okay, I have got to figure this out. I cannot do a diet. I've got to figure out like the one thing I haven't tried is to figure out how to eat a well-balanced, like in a well-balanced way, like people should eat for their bodies and their activity. Like I had no idea. And so I'm like, maybe let's try that and let's go slow, slow to me at that point. I was still going to be past my goal this far in, like I was going to have achieved my goal like twice. Um, and to me in my mind, that was still slow. Like that was me approaching it. I'm going to go slow and be reasonable. And it's slower than that. And that's okay. I don't think like I was wrong for wanting to go slow. And my slow was actually pretty fast. It wouldn't have been much longer than in my mind. I don't think it was going to take me much longer than it took you to lose your weight. And your weight was intentional. Like you're, you lost weight fast because you got to that point in therapy where you're like, okay, I am carrying my trash can lid around with me as an adult. And the trash can lid is my weight. I do not need this. And unfortunately, I can't just put it on the shelf. I have to work really fast in order to get it off. But I'm already mentally here. I just need to set this to the side. Well, I don't, my weight isn't my trash can lid. So that doesn't work for me, but it worked for you. And I have so much faith and I feel your confidence more than faith. I feel your confidence and I feel that same confidence and that I'm continuing forward. And that's so powerful. And I want that. I want that self-assurance for everyone. And it's not all of the time. I'm not sitting here preaching and being like, if you do these random things or figure out the random things that you want to do, then you're going to be super self-assured a hundred percent of the time. Like it's not going to happen. I wouldn't even say I'm not. not. Yeah. Like, you know, I got a pretty confident person and I'm not self-assured. Like, you know, at least two, three, four times a day, I'm like, what am I doing here in life? You know, like there, like there will always be times, but it's being okay with those times as well. And it's learning to be okay with those times and not letting that derail us from our whole lives. And I think it's a breakaway. It's a breakaway moment when you figure out, I don't know how to say this, but you figured out like your weight wasn't you. 
all of the things that you likely, I'm taking something you said earlier and putting a lot of my own thoughts into what you said. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of what you were saying is you grew up believing you were this person that you wrote based off of all of the things told and sold and marketed to you. And how convenient is it for you to have had trauma and you need to lose weight. And it's this horrible cycle. That's extremely hard to process and work through. And you are being told from, and not just told, and it's not like a malicious thing. It's kind of just the way that society has worked where thin is going to be your happy or being wealthy is going to be your happy. And neither of those things are true, but things are very easily marketed to us as you are stupid and fat and lazy and pathetic. And obviously you are a fool. Obviously you are a fool to try to do any way, but this way. So you should really buy my training program because you can't do it on your own and you should really do this diet because you can't like things are marketed subtly in that way they might not be so obvious or there may be they're critiquing something else in light of like carbs are the bad guy so this and so some people carbs are literally bad so yeah yeah but it's just like I think as a the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry because it plays on this feeling that we if it plays on our insecurities and our um the things that we don't like about ourselves and they promise us this world that they're going to be able to change that you know by and it's I think something as as well is that it's they play on that and promise us the world in this very simple manner you know that this is going to be easy that you know like all you have to do is have this surgery and you'll be fixed and it's you know like or all you have to do is take this you know this pen and you're going to be fixed and all you have to do is eat less and you're going to be fixed and I'm going to show you but the thing is any of these things are making simple they're sure as hell not going to be easy these are not going to be easy and and when we're faced with these challenges along the way because we're sold these ideas that these things are going to be easy you know, that weight loss surgery is easy. There's nothing about weight loss surgery that is easy. Nothing about it. It is an incredibly difficult and transformative, you know, life-changing surgery. It's a change to your whole life. Losing weight in every way is is it not going to be easy. And we're faced with these challenges. And then when we're met with this challenge, because we're sold this idea that it's going to be simple, and we're like, oh, no, this wasn't as simple as I thought it was going to be. We end up quitting, and we lose this belief in ourselves again. Or the self-sabotage cycle starts to creep in when we actually see something happening. But the I can't stand the diet industry and I can't stand these ads that are everywhere, you know, constantly. And we are about to get berated with it because it's coming up to the new year, new you. You know, like, oh, well, it's it's that's time. It's, it's January. It's time to change everything about yourself, you know, become the new you. And by February, you've forgotten who the new you is, you know, and you're, you're back on whatever you were doing beforehand and you're feeling crap about yourself but 
they've literally just made billions out of us and our insecurities and our mental health trauma. And I'm sick of it. And, and that is that's one of the reasons that I really like body sins. And, you know, I like these. Like there are amazing surgeons who are transforming people's lives with weight loss surgery. And then there are surgeons who are playing on people's insecurities by advertising it as cheap alternatives that you can do in countries. You know, and it's just like, what is going on? How is this allowed? You know, how are we allowed to like I still, still to this day, after losing weight, I'm getting coaches in my DMs promising me that they're gonna help me to lose weight and achieve, you know, my dreams i'm like you did did you even like did, did you look at anything you know before you came on and played into this no is the answer but they're just playing on people's people's insecurities and drives me absolutely bonkers there are programs that are fantastic out there but there are so many that are just playing on what we don't like about ourselves and our insecurities and making money out of it and i and i've been victim of it so 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 many times it's unfortunate that it is such a clever marketing ploy to turn things so upside down and to take advantage of essentially the negative voices inside the heads of everyone. We all have self-doubt. We all have limitations and to really lean into that and then also to put forth that a person or a medical practitioner like or a surgery or whatever it is is your answer when it doesn't matter like if you are a surgeon or a personal trainer like we are all people and we cannot be the savior of someone else like that will never happen like we all have to take responsibility i think for ourselves and our journey and this goes beyond weight loss i i feel like i've shared this on my channel before so if y'all are listening and maybe even the podcast sorry it's like a repeat but i i think it's so important to repeat if you feel like something is wrong with you like you have something wrong with you and you go to the doctor and you feel dismissed or you don't trust what they're saying they're like actually you're fine and you don't trust it it's your responsibility to get a second opinion. Like it's not their responsibility to change their mind um, or to be a different human. Like maybe that would be nice, but like we have to judge for ourselves and work things out for ourselves. And I love that while there's so many marketing poise and gimmicky things out there and people out there who will take advantage of you there are more good yeah there are and there are there are some wonderful wonderful people in the world who will like yourself who will selflessly give their time to encourage others and to show others a path and in the hopes that it will enlighten somebody on a journey you know and you never know what what something is going to hit well you know or going to change your life or one thing you're going to hear is going to be the thing that you need to hear and there's so many people out there who who want to help it's actually 
it's one of the reasons that I, I love the body sense program is because I know that the guy who created it didn't even want to do a weight loss program. He was like, no, I don't want to be involved in that industry. I don't want to be that. But he just kind of had a formula and he was like, I think this might help people and it won't help everybody. And it doesn't help everybody because it's not right for everybody. But some people it will be right for and it was right for me and some people it won't be right for and there are so many things that there's so much good in the world and we just need to not focus on that negative and find the good and keep our time and keep our space towards the good and you are worth it like we each of us we are worth doing the work and showing up for ourselves we are worth going through the bad emotions and sorting through all of the muck, all of the things that we believe about ourselves that aren't based in truth, because the truth is you are a beautiful soul. And like, regardless of what your religion is, when I say soul, like you are valuable, you matter and you have so much light to share with the world. It doesn't. And there are so many things that distract us, I think, from our light, whether that's, yeah, there's just, I don't want to get into all of the negative, but I love, Carla, I love your channel. I love, as you were talking about earlier, seeking out content that pulls you out um, your content definitely has helped me stand up a little straighter and pulled me out of some negative thought trains. I feel like, I feel like it will be true because it has been true for the videos I've listened to. There's always just like that gym in your experience that shared with mine in some way that just, it makes me feel better. and. I hope that you all will check out her channel. Um, and yeah, like it's, thank you so much for being here on my podcast. I have had, it's been one of the best conversations I've had in a very long time. It's been so interesting and so rewarding and uplifting and intelligent and thought-provoking so thank you so much for inviting me on and for sharing my channel with with your followers and I hope vice versa I hope um, anyone who's listening who is is following me will go and follow you as well and see your light and and encourage you and share with you as well making me so cheery I wish I could give you a hug. I know, I know. It's so fun to meet you. Um, last thing, what are some, what's some advice or words of comfort that you could give them? Now, who's coming up to the holidays, just remember that one or two days or one or two meals or even 10 meals is not going to undo all the good work or all the work that you've done on yourself. I hate the term the wagon for me the wagon doesn't exist there is no falling off or getting on the wagon this is a path that we're walking along the path will wind and they will dip up and they will dip down and everything will be you know there everything will be okay but just stay on it just keep going you know if you if you 
have like a big massive meal on Christmas Day, enjoy it. Enjoy your meal. Try and eat mindfully. Try and always remain grounded. That's something that I always try to remind myself to make sure I can feel my feet and that I'm present in my body and that the adult Carla is making decisions. But just enjoy it. It's not going to derail yourself. You need to eat like 3,500 calories extra a week in order to put on one pound. So, you know, it's not going to derail your progress. The important thing is to not let that continue, is to go, okay, this was my meal or this was my day or this were my few days and I'm going to continue on my path now on my weight loss journey. And for those of you who haven't started yet, if this is not your time, that's okay. If you're not ready to do that, that's okay. And if you're ready to do that, the first question I would ask myself is why did I get this way? And why do I want to do this? And who am I doing this for? And if you can answer those questions and answer them honestly, that will start you off right on your path. And just remember small changes. Get those four fundamentals right. Your good nutrition, your water, your sleep, and your movement, mindful movement. And if you can start doing those, you'll start to feel a lot better. Start working on this. This is the key. The mental health, the brain, as I'm pointing, I'm pointing to my brain. Sorry, I forgot that other people will be listening. We're pointing to my head. So if you can start working on that, that will help. But don't fret now about getting skinny for the holidays or don't do a foreign event or something like that. If you want to start today, that's good. Start today, but don't start with the idea that you want to be in some dress by Christmas. You know, have realistic expectations and realistic goals. It always comes from a place of self-compassion and self-love. And remember that this any weight loss journey or any journey of self-improvement that you're doing is from a place of love and not from a place of hate. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening.